Good afternoon. There are 84 days until the 2022 midterm elections. Welcome to today's episode of the Mary Trump Show Strategy Sessions with the Nerd Avengers and a special guest, Charles Torres Spellacy, who is a Brennan Center Fellow and Professor of Law at Stetson University College of Law. She's the author of the books Corporate Citizen and Political Brands. And today, I want to start here. We cannot move on from the fact that Donald Trump uh, allegedly stole documents, not just top secret, but highly sensitive documents, uh, typically referred to as SCIs, uh, that one, he had no right to, uh, two, that at least his lawyers lied about his possessing, and three, that um, he has used or at least the, the FBI's search warrant and removal of those documents he has used once again to stoke division, to create chaos, um, while being also, once again, aided and abetted by the Republican Party um, and, and the media, which, quite, quite frankly, has, let me be clear, the mainstream media, which has, quite frankly, uh, cast this in such political terms that it's kind of horrifying. You know, we've seen headlines, headlines like a simmering feud in search of Donald's home. There's not a feud here. Donald's been attacking the uh, Defense Department and the intelligence community since 2015, right? We've seen headlines like uh, an unprecedented FBI raid demands unprecedented transparency. No, it doesn't. The DOJ is obligated not to disclose information in part because it could potentially harm Donald's defense if he needs to put one on. So we, we're going to talk about that, uh, all of that, right? The, viol the, the violence, the, poten the potential for violence, uh, how this needs to be reframed, how it needs to be understood, what we know what we don't know, what we can reasonably, responsibly speculate. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're in this position, once again, where one, don't get me wrong, it's an extraordinarily important thing, right? This is a very important event that is unfolding because, as we all know, we are living through history, and for the most part, it really sucks However, that doesn't mean we lose sight of other bad things that are going on, uh, like, for instance, uh, the fact that the fascist Asmur Rodriguez is um, putting all sorts of authoritarian things in Florida, the fact that Indiana passed a near-total abortion ban, the fact that our tech's still missing from the Secret Service the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Defense. But we also don't want to lose sight of the good, the good stuff. Joe Biden just had arguably the best two weeks of any American president in modern history. Uh, 528 job, thousand jobs were, were added. Um, Zawahiri, the number one Al-Qaeda, was uh, killed. CHIPS Act passed. The PACT Act passed. The Infl Inflation Reduction Act passed. Kansas Thank the Kansas voters 
uh, passed uh, protections for abortion. He signed the gun safe law and on and on. I mean, we that list is a very long one. And we're not even scratching the surface in terms of what he's done since he came into office. So um, I want to start here with you, Jen. Um, what have we learned since Friday? Uh, when I think Friday, did we have our emergency session on Friday? It seems like 7,000 millennia ago. Um, what ha has happened since Friday to help clarify what actually is happening here? Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention what's going on in Georgia, but we'll get to that later. What is going on vis-a-vis uh, -vis the DOJ's, um, what the DOJ has, what potentially they're looking at, and why or why not the fact that Donald did or did not declassify document matters? Well, hi, Mary. Um, hi. <laughs> That's a lot. And hi, Achara. Glad you are with us. Just the glowing introduction. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to um, reconstruct for certain what we did or did not know as of Friday when we met um, last. But what I what I can say that I um, know is new, sort of in a reverse chronological order. One new thing we learned is that apparently, according to sources at the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland de deliberated for several weeks before he ultimately pulled the trigger and signed off on the search warrant that led to, is it now one week ago or two weeks ago? It's hard for me to remember. One week ago, yeah? A week ago yesterday. A week ago. No, week ago Monday. A week ago yesterday. Um when he when he allowed for that, so he deliberated for several weeks. Um, I wonder whether the timing of actually um, signing off was because he, he was coming up against the so-called ninety-day window. It's that loose uh, norm where the Department of Justice apparently decides not to take any new actions or any actions involving an investigation that might affect an election. Now, of course, um, Donald Trump is not running for any kind of office at this moment, but to the extent that that could have been a concern, I think it's really helpful that whoever would, had his ear got him to act on that. So that's something we just learned. Another thing, um, should I continue? Or is yeah, that, is, please. Another thing that we just learned is that apparently two expired U.S. passports, as well as Donald's, um, I think his diplomatic, his special diplomatic passport that was still active, were inadvertently um, swept up in the boxes or documents that were taken um, as part of a week ago Monday search, but they were never actually in the hands of um, the the actual, you know, FBI team, they had been screened properly by that screening team that's supposed to take things out that don't belong. And they were offered back to him. And instead of just quietly having his lawyer pick them up, Donald decided to rant on his, um, his own, you know, quasi- um, failed Twitter type social network called True Social. He decided to rant. Yeah, he decided to rant about claiming that these had been stolen from him. 
Um, not exactly sure why. Um, and then I, I think the other thing that we have learned still kind of going back is that um, uh, Donald Trump's team is trying to get a hold. Well, we know that the parts of the search warrant were made public um, because uh, Merrick Garland last week on Thursday called Donald's bluff because he was complaining that this was, you know, he was he was talking about the search and he was complaining that they, you know, show us the warrant, even though he could have showed it to the public. So as pieces of the warrant have been made public, but not all of it. Um, what was included was this sort of cover, the sort of first page of the warrant talking about the statutes under which the search was conducted, which is really critical because alluding to what Mary said, none of the statutes for which there was probable cause that they, these crimes had been committed, none of those crimes involve confidential or top secret documents. All three of the crimes mentioned in the search warrant doesn't matter um, whether it was in particular the espionage statute uh, that he has, there's probable cause that uh, that it was violated and evidence was at Mar-a-Lago. Um, that espionage statute deals with sharing any information that could be damaging to the United States uh, with others or improperly storing it and so on, as were the other statutes. At any rate, we the piece of that we have not, that no one has seen is the affidavits. And an affidavit is a sworn statement a sworn and signed statement. And with a search warrant, the affidavit that accompanies the search warrant for a judge magistrate to look at or magistrate judge to look at is um, usually a statement by law enforcement. So there's at least probably one, if not two, sworn or more, but probably at least around two statements, sworn and signed, signed statements, sworn under penalty of perjury by uh, FBI uh, agents about what they knew or what they were told and the reasons that they did believe that these crimes had been committed. Donald wants those released. Uh, the judge, of course, the Department of Justice has filed saying they don't want those released. And Wait, do you really think he wants them released? He wants the names of the agents who signed those affidavits to be made public so that their lives can be threatened um, if not ended, similar to the Mike Pence situation, and maybe they will back down. And it's also a way, if you make someone's life a living hell, anyone else who might be supporting this life will be made a living hell. Um, so that's kind of what's going on. So, of course, the hearing will be on Thursday. And this, and, and even, even, the un, even the next step, he wants it unredacted and released. But even a redacted version where you just got rid of the names is also dangerous because it would reveal how the information was known and Donald would be able to figure out who the leak was because he's flipping obsessed with that. Would a judge do that? Would it, based on what's happened in the last week, would a judge sign off on unsealing these documents that could potentially put it's, people's lives in not. I mean, I'm not, a you know, as you know, I'm not a federal prosecutor, but a lot of my friends are. And this is not normal to do this. Most most defendants would have to would have to wait, I believe, right. is my understanding. But that's what that's my update on um, on what what is happening around this. And then, of course, um, what we're hearing is, you know, that Donald is trying to throw anyone under the bus and everyone under the bus. Mm -hmm. um, and I've also heard that Mary Trump, his niece, thinks it might be Jared who is the leak. That's what Seriously? I read. Seriously. I read that on Twitter, Mary. And I think I think. Oh, well, then it must be true. It must be true. That's what I got for you. Fascinating. Um, yeah, I think she was speaking to uh, Dina Obadala when she um, made that 
<laughs> informed <laughs> guess. I don't know. Um, you know, you bring to mind a couple of things. Uh, I think personally that the passport thing was nothing. And all it did was make me wonder, why is he thinking about his passport? Um, as we know, they don't take people's passports unless... You know, they're indicted and are considered as a flight risk. But at the same time, somebody with his alleged money and actual connections just hops on a pl private plane. So I, I don't think it would matter one way or the other. Uh, so, sure, his Donald's um, grandstanding about the passports brings to mind what happened last week. Once again, one side plays by the rules, which gives him an open field to lie, to stir up anger and insanity on the right. You know, we have uh, somebody who is in January 6th opening fire on an FBI, FBI facility, ends up getting shot to death. Um, we have uh, days during which the Republican Party was able to get organized and get on board and decide that once again, they're not going to take the off-ramp. They're going to go all in with Donald and we have the media writing egregious headlines like Garland vowed to depoliticize justice. Then the FBI searched Mar-a-Lago as if this is a political issue, which is which it absolutely is not. So how do we um, or I guess I, I, I'm not sure what we can do, but how does the DOJ and FBI um regain that ground because it is so dangerous to leave these people unchallenged. Well, uh, I think all of this goes to the rule of law and no one being above the law, including ex-presidents. I've had to remind uh, journalists locally that there's no ex-president exception to uh, <laughs> search warrants, uh, which is a strange thing for a constitutional professor to have to do, but mm. they get these Republican talking points and they fall for them, or they're not trained as lawyers, they're just journalists, and they fall for them. So I thought it was very helpful to have Merrick Garland out there speaking and talking about the rule of law and also talking about the presumption of innocence. I thought that was a very important point that he included that. Yeah, I, absolutely, because I think we've heard nothing but crickets from the, unless I'm missing something. I don't think we've heard much of anything except Lord. of course, Rand Paul has to pipe up and say, we need to repeal the espionage act because, you know, Donald might've committed espionage. Uh, and it's yet again, an example of the extremism, which we see playing out. And unless anybody has something to add right now, because again, we're, we're at the beginning of this. We are, um, we don't know uh, what is going to happen. We don't know what else they have. Um, I personally think it's it's very difficult at this point to believe that they went through all of this just to, you know, um, get some stuff back that he shouldn't have had. I, I can't end there. It seems to me highly unlikely uh, that it ends there. So, um, okay, Brian... There's some info you have from the DOJ that, that might be relevant to this conversation. Let's, so let's hear that. Other than the grins and the laughs and the guffaws, yeah. Uh, 
So guys that I've talked now, now look, some of these people I've known 35, 40 years and they're upset, particularly upset with uh, Donald Trump's uh, casting of them as the bad guy. But what what I've been what what's been told to me and that, that I can share without attribution is that the walls are closing in on Donald Trump. The moves between the DOJ and Georgia are coordinated. There are investigators at the uh, DOJ that are working on the Georgia investigation. The Georgia investigation is working hand in hand with uh, several investigations that the DOJ uh, has undertaken. And at this point, I can tell you there are many dozens of people working on it, more than a hundred that are working on these cases. And that while, you know, one of the things that was tough for them to take in the beginning was sitting still while everyone criticized Merrick, including me, and criticized Merrick Garland for being slow to, to the game, but he wasn't. And it was, yeah, and he and they were meticulously putting it together from the very beginning. So this week they said that we should be careful to watch what goes in, on in Georgia. Fifteen minutes after that, the thing came down about Rudy Giuliani being a target of the investigation. So um, I'm led to believe that. And Graham having to testify. And, and I'm I'm led to believe that there will be more information from the DOJ about the Donald Trump investigation that will fall this week. So that I, I don't know where it goes, but I do know and Mary, you'll you'll find this maybe funny, but um I was speaking with Michael Cohen who agrees with you exactly and thinks that it was Jared who's the, the snitch. And he also went farther. He says after he's um, interacted with the DOJ, he believes that Donald Trump will be indicted. Now, at the end of the day, everyone, even in the Justice Department, who are moving in that direction, do not believe that Donald Trump will ever spend a night in Otisville or a federal prison. But he may well be confined to Mar-a-Lago with an ankle bracelet on and be unable to interact with the media, which would be that, as you said, if he's left in a room by himself, yeah. he ceases to exist. And that could indeed be the worst punishment um, that could be offered. In fact, Mary, I, I will venture to say there are members of the DOJ who listen and watch your podcast because they use <laughs> almost the exact same words. If he's in a room by himself, he will cease to exist. And at the end of the day, I don't think we could hope for anything better. Well, I, I mean, that's heartening. A lot of that is heartening. Um, I and because my position is he has to be indicted. If he did, yes. if he's if he's guilty of these, he should have been indicted a long time ago. But at the very least, let's indict him for espionage. But if he continues to be able to own Mar-a-Lago and Trump Tower and all those other places after all of this, then that I don't think that's really justice. But we'll get to that. I think what the indictment really is more. Is he well, up to his he shouldn't be able to stay there. He should be, oh. you know, in a in a walk up in Sunnyside, Queens, or something. But you know, we'll 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 leave the punishment <laughs> for later because right now the indictment, the potential indictments, are the most important thing. Because Cliff, it, as much as uh, I think we don't want to have to talk about optics uh, and wish that we didn't have to talk about messaging. Both of those things really matter. And we've seen how optics matter with the January 6th committee hearings. I mean, imagine if th those hearings had been held like other congressional hearings are held and everybody gets mm -hmm. five minutes to grandstand and nothing ever gets accomplished. Right. So these things do matter. And I think given um, the fact that 
2022 is coming up fast and um, we are in serious danger when two thirds of Republicans who, who won their primaries are go, you know, are, are pushing to overturn the results of 2020. We need something yeah, uh, to, to show the American people that this is not only is it serious, but it isn't just Donald. Right. That's been sort of my mantra. The thing I've been screaming about in everything I do is that it is all of them. They are him. He is them. Does anybody think Ted Cruz or Josh Hawley or, you know, Gozar and these people would be behaving any differently right now? The key is to make sure they have all literally tied themselves so closely to this man. Right. And so right now he gets indicted. And and I feel the same way as you. I mean, you know, I'm not a prosecutor. I'm not a lawyer. Um I would I would still be concerned even getting him in front of a jury if it's, you know, a regular jury, if it's possible to have a jury without one cultist on it at this point. But I am an expert in his right wing media, having worked at Sinclair and places like that. And they've infected so many minds at this point that just that just making sure there's a fair trial concerns me. So but indicting him and making sure he has that stain against him and that all of this comes out and that we have further January 6th hearings as we're going to have in September, and then just boom, boom. You keep hitting them with that messaging that they've all defended him, and you're showing Marco Rubio and Rand Paul and all these people in ads how they stood there by Trump and they lied about the FBI and they encouraged violence and they're with him and they think women deserve no rights. And there's, you know, there's a simple message you can put together there about how ill fit the Republican Party is to have any kind of power, how dangerous they are to your personal freedoms, how dangerous they are to our national security. And, you know, beyond the Democratic base turning out like crazy, like it did clearly in Kansas and people who were, you know, moderates switching sides there. Like, that's what we want. We want the base turning out like crazy. And we want people that are in the same, you know, people that are Republicans because that's just what their family was. And they've always been kind of moderate Republicans or people that have broken away her independence just to look at the entire party and say, from dog catcher up into president, I can't vote for these people. Like, we can't have a replay of 2020 where they maybe a lot of them vote against Trump, but they vote for their congressman who ended up decertifying electoral votes. So they vote for their senator, who we know now in many cases were behind the scenes working with Trump. They have to all be politically destroyed by this. So, yes, that he gets indicted is incredibly, incredibly important here. Yeah. And George. Mm hmm. Is Wordle hard today? <laughs> no, I just do the times many. Wordle's too high. Okay, okay. Wordle's too high tone for me. <laughs> <laughs> the inimitable yeah. George Hahn. Come, come down. <laughs> All right, so take a break from spelling bee for a second. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Who doesn't love cereal? The crunch, the sweetness, the way you can accidentally eat a whole box or sneak it as a midnight snack. And Magic Spoon has truly innovated and changed the game by taking out the sugar and upping the protein. They've perfected the crunchy texture with an astounding variety of flavors that always hit the spot, but without any of the things that are bad for you. There's a flavor for everyone from the richest chocolate to the sweetest honey nut. These cereals are actually just like the stuff that you ate as a kid and loved, but can't eat anymore because it's so bad for you. Magic Spoon, on the other hand, has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, 
and only four to five net grams of carbs in each serving. It's incredible. Magic Spoon is low-carb, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and only 140 calories a serving. Plus, you can build your own box with a huge variety of incredible flavors. You'll love the classics like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter that tastes just like you remember from your childhood. And a pro tip, mix cocoa and peanut butter for a real dose of nostalgia. Then they've got the cult favorites, blueberry muffin, maple waffle, and honey nut for sweet pastry notes or smoky syrupy finish. You win no matter what with these. And don't forget the indulgent ones, cookies and cream and cinnamon roll. Magic Spoon cereals got this one covered. Go to magicspoon.com slash Mary to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try the magic for yourself. Be sure to use our promo code Mary at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mary and use the code Mary to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. This is a get, it seems, everything seems like deja vu. We've been dealing with this for so long now that just, this just feels like another in a long series of escalations that, um, has been allowed to happen because there are never any consequences for anything. Um, but there has to be, well, maybe there doesn't have to be uh, a point uh, at which we, we kind of dig our heels into the ground and say enough and no more. But this does at least feel different. And, you know, people don't yell at, you know, people listening, watching, don't, don't yell at me. I understand nothing bad, nothing ever happens, but there's, uh, there's sometimes you get to the point where things just don't go away. And that's always been the case for Donald. He does some horrible thing and then he does another horrible thing. And the first horrible thing just disappears. So nothing's cumulative. I think that changed on January 6th. So, uh, if they start hearings again soon, I think this is really going to gain traction in a way that um, nothing has before. And if you add the, into that uh, the egregious decisions of this corrupt, totally illegitimate Supreme Court, Democrats might have a, a winning hand they can't fuck up. No, no, they can always mess it up. All right, Brian, sure. yeah. I'm, talking to, I'm talking to George. I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> well, interestingly, or perhaps not interestingly, I don't know, but, you know, Palin, Sarah Palin, who is the direct descendant of the Let's Get Stupid movement. <laughs> Actually, um, she's the founder. <laughs> well, you know, some could some argue that it went all the way back to like it started. The seeds were planted all the way back with Reagan. But yeah, actually, you're right. Uh, Nixon, I, I would say or Nixon. But like, you know, in the in this in this uh, century, in this. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. In the 21st yep. century, <clears throat> Palin uh, sort of like opened the gates for like made it OK to be stupid and not just OK, but like preferable for a lot of people and actually Compulsory. doing things like. 
reading, thinking critically, uh, you know, learning new things and factoids and all of that was the devil. And, um, you know, it continues. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. She's after over a decade out of politics. She's back on the scene again. Is she Trumpy enough or is Trumpy Palin-esque enough? Like it's, it's yeah. a little. Um, so anyway, uh, to your point, will this go away? He is sort of like political COVID. Are we going to have to just sort of live with it? <laughs> um, I don't know. But no, we can't. Um, we don't and, have the antibodies. And it, 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 I scratch my head constantly on a daily basis every time. I look at Twitter and, or see another uh, alert on my phone thinking like with these Republicans, this is a party and a movement that, that uh, and Cliff mentioned this, touched upon this. They, they're really just interested in taking things away, basic rights, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the really, the only beneficiaries of this movement seem to be rich, straight, white guys, except Peter Thiel, but like rich, straight, white guys Closeted. Um, closeted. <laughs> I've done some research there. And uh, that'll be in the book. Names change. No. Uh, but, um, you know, these, this, these, these, like, oh, God, and they're boring and they can't dance and t- or tell a joke yes. to save their ass. <laughs> they can't even do yeah. the Macarena. <laughs> and then I there's call it the white guy uh, underbite. Yeah. <laughs> And their their concept of what big D energy is. Oh, poor crazy, poor, <laughs> poor crazy legs. Design poor choices crazy. are just horrible. horrible. Oh my god! I, somebody said the other day that like what's really what's the real crimes at Mar-a-Lago were the desi- were the interior design. <laughs> yeah, but you, you can blame Marjorie Merriweather Post for that because that's exactly what it looked like. It when really is just it, like a, it's it's a built Saddam Hussein light a little bit. Right, a lot of gold radiator. Imagine Liberace in the streets. Can we just drop a footnote and ask ourselves, have any fascist movements ever had good design? No, no. they can't. They, no. They, no. Fascism no. destroys creativity. And, no, they're and toxic white males. It's yeah. Yeah. I mean, not always but, white males, but they're toxic straight males for the most part. So it's impossible. It's, yes, it is, it is funny to a point. But Jen, you actually bring up a point that I think is interesting. And there is, I think, a through line in terms of uh, there is no discernment or taste. It goes from just like a purely aesthetic level, but also like discernment with, uh, you know, uh, uh, politics or intellect. Yeah, there's no art. Well, there's no philosophy. There's control, right. Uniform mm-hmm. uniformity, yep. creativity, questioning, thinking for yourself are at odds with authoritarian movements. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, and also with this sort of like there must be this savior figure. So. You know, anyone who would want that like isn't really that interesting. Well, just well, think, of, we, think about what happened. In the four, hold on, in, hold on. In the four years of the Trump administration, what happened? Didn't go to the Kennedy Center honors. Uh, probably totally defunded um, the whatever that what is it called? The institute, the government funded. Oh, for the arts, the National Endowment of the Arts. Thank you very much. Um, you know, probably underfunded that uh, egregiously. And the war on Sesame Street, the war on Sesame Street, the what they culture. did, what they did to the, the Rose Garden, uh, the Christmas, the bloody Christmas. You know, it, I mean, I know that seems frivolous, but it isn't because it's just another thing, another freedom. They that have, gets they think there is this. 
They try to mm-hmm. cling to this American culture. There is no culture in right. what they're trying to talk about. There isn't any. And every right. culture that is American comes from somewhere else. Really? You and know, these this is a crowd. And like a Confederate flag is a hell of a cultural statement. Come on. Absolutely. And 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 like this is a this is these are people who, you know, they love their rock and roll, but I, I would be loath to find an inductee in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that wouldn't hate every fucking one of these people and wouldn't want any yeah. of them at their concerts and stop using my music at your rallies bullshit. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, all hail comedian legends like, you know, George Carlin, even Joan Rivers would be like, who are you people? Get out yeah. of here. Yeah. Um, they all got it wrong. And, you know, so I we're like to see here. Don Rickles take a shot at him. But oh, God, that would be delicious. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, this is a real uh, culturally ass backwards. It's a stunted growth. It's an app. It's an atrophy. Uh, it's a rage against. Uh, intellectualism and thinking and look at what what, what uh, Ron DeSantis is doing with like recruiting teachers with no d- training veterans you know, le- like learning is option like what is this yeah well, what the fuck look, is this Brian hang on a second hang on a second because I want to go to Chara one because her dad was an artist two because she's in Florida at uh you know the ground zero of our part of fascist uh movement down there and also char i think so much of what we're talking about can be located in the fact that um the worst among us were given free reign for two years and that disease metastasized and every every institution every norm has been threatened, and in some cases, um, irrevocably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ron DeSantis has been uh, picking on people who are smaller than him or or less powerful than him. Um, If anything, from the Don't Say Gay bill, which is now law in Florida, which is impacting how teachers can interact with their students, uh, essentially, you can't talk about sexuality with third graders or younger. Well, you have third graders who have gay parents, and that is now a taboo subject in their own school. So I think they are only damaging you know, the most powerless among Floridians. And his, his, his dust-up recently with suspending the attorney prosecutor uh, Andrew Warren. He's a state attorney, which is uh, a prosecutor for Hillsborough County, otherwise known as Tampa. And the reason that he was suspended is he said in a letter that he would not prosecute people for having abortions. He, he, there wasn't a active case that he refused to prosecute. And that is so close to dismissing an elected official for a thought crime. It, it's really, really scary. And even if even if uh, this man had uh, did have a case in front of him, as you said, he's an elected official. Can governors just say, yeah, you know what? I don't I don't agree with you. I know that people chose you, but I don't care. But well, actually, Florida's kind of known for this. Uh, there was a referendum. I think it was in 2016. I'm not sure to restore voting rights to former felons. And the Florida legislature, which is very dominated by Republicans, said, "Eh, I don't really give a shit. 
what you, the Florida voter, thinks. And I think it, it's very important to keep an eye on DeSantis. Not, I, you know, I'm not sure about him as a national candidate because the man has no charisma. And I don't know that his thuggery plays outside of uh, his, you know, increasingly small bubble. Um, but it is worth looking at because he's a template. Every time he says something, he's got law enforcement standing behind him. Uh, that's a bad sign because, you know, law enforcement is really not supposed to engage in political stuff. I mean, let's just let's just ask Tony Ornato about that. You know, the guy who's Secret Service, supposed to be all neutral, although if you read Carol Lenning's book, um, Zero Fail, we know that's that's nonsense. Um, but, you know, goes and takes a very political decision as a de deputy uh, chief of staff for the White House. And now he's back as um, leader of, you know, he's in charge of training at the Secret Service. Now, I mean, we're they're blurring the lines so much that it's very difficult to stay focused on what they're doing, what they're undermining, and uh, just how far they're willing to go, which, by the way, is all the way. Did you know that only 45% of high school students feel they're prepared for college or careers? Today's sponsor, Stride Career Prep, is helping change that. Stride Career Prep lets students take charge of their education and their future by combining real-world skills training and traditional academics. Students can earn college credit while in high school or get the training needed to land a job right after graduation. There is nothing more important than giving our children a solid education and the skills they need to be successful in the real world, whether they want to go to college or enter the workplace right after high school. Stride Career Prep prepares your teen for in-demand careers in business, tech, health science, criminal justice, and more. Students can take courses developed by industry professionals, prepare for certifications, get hands-on experience, network, and most importantly, gain the confidence to succeed. Stride Career Prep is backed by over 20 years of experience in online learning. Take charge today at k12.com slash podcast. That's k12.com slash podcast, or look for the link in our show notes. Yes, Brian. There, look, uh, I want to just say something about the, the authoritarian plan of, of Trump. And I can only say after – and this is something I've written before. Um, there is no overriding big plan. There never was. With Not Donald, for Donald. Trump, it's, it's survival by the seat of your pants every day, all day long for a lifetime. With him, it's a fear of loneliness while being alone with his innermost demons and doing battle with a world he can't stand and can't understand. It is a life dominated by fear, hence his need to make everyone else fearful. He does it because he doesn't want to be alone. I've never seen a, a man more afraid of being alone than Donald Trump. His status and his privilege give him an immense ability to affect others, which he does so to suit his needs and his alone. It is the DeSantos, it, uh, it is the others who have an authoritarian agenda who have made use of Donald Trump's weaknesses to further their agenda. And they're the ones at the end of the day that are, are going to have to be watched 
after Donald Trump. I do believe Donald Trump will be investigated and indicted, and whatever happens is up to the criminal justice system. But it's keeping track of all those people who have made hay, including the Josh Hawleys of the world, the uh, Stephen Millers of the world, that those people going forward are held accountable because they're the, they're the cancer spread. And mm -hmm. Donald Trump, I think in the end, it, with any luck, will be a horrible footnote in history. Uh, but it's going to take a lot of work to make sure that the others that he's uh, incited and who do have those authoritarian uh, desires. Trump is just about. Yeah, he, you know what, Brian? I know you want to make him a footnote, but he's not going to be a footnote. He killed a million people because of COVID. I want to go back to Char for a second. Um, because par part of the problem is, again, as, as Brian's pointing out, you know, the focus is often on Donald when people like Stephen Miller uh, and Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, you know, they get off the hook. Um, and it seems to me that part of that is a breakdown. Uh, one thing we learned from his administration is that, again, there are no traditions, there are no norms, there's no, you can't rely on human decently decency you can't rely on a person's sense of shame if they don't have one so we we saw how fragile our institutions were and continue to be because if you can't hold seditionists accountable and allow them to continue to participate in governing us right if you can't figure out a way to uh, right the wrong of a 6-3 Supreme Court that is doing everything in its power to undermine the progress we've made, uh, give or take, in the last 50 or 60 years, to um, promote a political anti-American agenda, then what can we do? I, I you know, I think it undermines, it, it plays into... Um, the Republican base, and it undermines the faith that the rest of us are trying to continue to have in a system that's really broken. Well, I think one of the things that I'm encouraged by is the effectiveness of the January 6th committee. They have really yeah. let um, prosecutors, both state and federal, have a, a blueprint to prosecuting lots of different crimes, whether it's the fake electors or sedition, or interrupting a congressional uh, proceeding, there are many different crimes that many different people, including sitting members of Congress, can face. And we mentioned earlier what's going on in Fulton County, Georgia, yeah. that Rudy Giuliani is now a target, and Lindsey Graham can't quash his subpoena. So I am encouraged that there are prosecutors out there who are going to enforce the rule of law. It's going to take a little while. And I think mm -hmm. the, the, the sadness is today is an election day and mm -hmm. Liz Cheney may lose her seat in Congress today. But I think in the long run, the work that she did with the January 6th committee will help us get back on the right track. And sadly, Sarah Palin will probably be nominated today in Alaska. Or I guess they've got the, the top four system or whatever, but she'll come through that. You know what, Cliff? I, I saw uh, a 
I think it was the headline on, on the to- front page of the Times that Alaska voters are divided as to whether, you know, Sarah Palin has their backs or abandoned them to, to for national fame. I'm like, in what universe did she ever have your back? Like the, the <laughs> fact that people are so willing to continue to delude themselves and, and for what? Like, is it sometimes I just think it's because um, we we shifted the conversation from. We want the people who lead us to be better than we are, smarter, more accomplished, more experienced experts in government and in politics. You know, politics is expertise in government to some degree, right? And once it was, who would you rather have a beer with? The conversation then right. became, you know, I want people in, in, in government leaders who don't make me feel <laughs> bad about my shortcomings. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll make a generalization about it, which is, sorry, if uh, right wingers are offended, and actually, I'm not sorry. I think that's our well, job. By saying I'm by saying I'm sorry, I mean I'm not sorry in the slightest. Um, <laughs> which is, I think you know, all of us sitting here and people who generally have liberal politics, who are educated, who are worldly, who, like I was glad that Barack Obama was smarter than me. I wasn't insecure. That was awesome. Because oh, I yeah. want, I want somebody there who I know, you know, will will be is is just about the smartest person you can have there. We want the most talented people there. We want the most empathetic people there. We want the most competent people there. The problem is, it's not just the selling of the who do you want a beer with. That was part of it, but it's also the selling of like, like oh well, they're just expert politicians. They're talking down to you. You should want people just like you. And so, yeah. you know, who's that? Kid Rock and you know, like like Chachi. I mean, I mean, if Kidlock uh, and Chachi are just like you, you need to examine your life choices. Well, yeah, but that, that's sadly, that's a lot of this country who now they're like, they're rem- because look, uh, people look at Marjorie Taylor Greene, sadly, and they're reminded of themselves, you know, and, and they look at, so and, and Holly and Cruz obviously are Ivy League educated and just pretending, but, the, you know, there's, there's some real ones in there. I mean, Marsha Blackburn's a complete moron. They look at her and they're like, yeah. That, she's, like me. she's one of I our kind of people. Yeah, we roll like her. Like, her. Her. Wait, oh, she's that. really gonna bring America back to the right. base. There. Right to it to a Christian theocratic apartheid state. That's exactly what we're. Right. Jesus, oh, where's my gun? I'm not talking. Oh just to be clear, I'm not talking about socioeconomic status. I'm not talking about education. I am talking about the belief system. I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yes, the the Midwestern accent, spot on. Um, I'm talking about the fact that these people constantly lie and they are racist, misogynistic, anti-immigrant bullies. Uh, You know, so is it enough? Seriously, is it enough to to feel like, uh, you know, they're just like you in these ways? So their hatred is worth putting up with, or is it the hatred that they like? One line, let me just say one line and then I'll, I'll kick to whoever, which is LBJ's big, you know, line always was, you know, for when he's talking about right wing Southerners and others is that as long as you can make the lowest white man feel better mm-hmm. than the best black man, and I'm obviously not using certain words, then, yeah. you know, you can win them over. And and that's yeah. a metaphor for a lot of this. Okay. Yeah, ahead. I think that's true. George? What was it about the pre-Donald time? You know, there was a time, uh, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but there was a time when these people felt afraid to come out in daylight with their beliefs. But Donald gave them mm-hmm. all the giant permission slip yeah. 
to, you know, march, speak, carry tiki torches from, where did they come from? Home Depot. Um, demonized, ca- demonized khakis. And, <laughs> um, you know, just kind of make all kinds of things look bad in the interest of racism, white supremacy. Um, but there was a time when these people felt like, oh, that's what I believe, but I got to shut the fuck up about it. Joy, now, they, the now they feel emboldened to be loud about it. Which is better or worse, number one, and what, what, like, what, what do we do now with it? I like I, seeing it out in the open rather than being hidden, but who gave I Donald do, too. I do, too. Like, we turn the light, it's like we Donald turn the lights on and the roaches are everywhere. Yeah. But wait Donald a second, Jen. Wait, 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 you know, guys, guys, as a woman growing up in, in America, these folks have never been hidden from us. Right. Try to be a middle school girl. In America, right. you know, a, in other words, a black boy or girl. Yeah, sure. I, you know, it's been. But I think what's different is there are more people. More people are vocal about this, and we have someone. I don't yeah. think their numbers have changed, though, Jen. I think it's a, a function of social media. These people have always existed. I got called right. sand inward going to school. We always knew they were there. Yeah, but I think they can convince more people now because of social media. The problem is, is there are people that maybe have some inclinations and pre like cult TV, pre Fox, Sinclair, Salem, whatever. They weren't convinced. I mean, I've heard, haven't you guys heard these stories, friends of yours or parents of your friends and others that were once liberal and are now like, you know, well, after we watching. Never liberal. <laughs> but wait a second, guys. I think yes, obviously social media is is a blight. No it needs clear. to be My regulated. Are still Republicans, sadly. So right. everybody's but, got everybody's got a video camera in their pocket too. So we're seeing yes, more but, of it. But I think also what is very important is that from 2017 to 2019, these people were represented by 100 percent of the federal government. They were empowered in a way they hadn't been since Jim Crow. That's so, what I mean. They've been emboldened. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So all of those other factors are absolutely uh, part of the equation. But without the empowerment and without being emboldened, I'm not so sure uh, that we're operating in the same landscape by the same token. Jen, I think we can say the same thing about um, the government and our and the failures of our institutions now we've said look the institutions held well yeah because one person here and there like a 23 year old uh cassidy hutchinson right or who by the way didn't say anything until a year and a half later um I mean, I'm glad you said something, but remember, a lot of those people just didn't say anything when it might have mattered more. So it's 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 the whole picture. Uh, it isn't just um, the base. Jen. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, you know, this thing about institutions, um, you know, the institutions aren't holding if you have to keep saying our institutions held. You know? <laughs> In other words, um, oh, that's going on a coffee mug. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know that bridge, that one bridge just hasn't fallen, and you know, SCOTUS didn't hold, and that's a lifetime. That's right. And Um, you know, we're also. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And you know, it's. I live. You know, um, even though I spend my time thinking a lot about Washington and New York and these big cities, possibly because I grew up in the Midwest and now I live in like Western Massachusetts, sort of outside of all of this stuff. I, what, most of my time when I'm not working, I'm kind of occupying what we might call like 
more of the real world where people, you know, although I guess I live in uh, the People's Republic of, you know, Northampton, but still, but I get this, you know, the people who I think who a lot of people I know just don't focus on politics, but what they do, they do get um, what does seep through, unfortunately, is the both sidesism that keeps getting played out. And what does come through is this kind of, you, you know, this whole like the, you know, the institution that hasn't held is free and fair elections, because even though, you know, people know that, you know, no, you know, we hear even Bill Barr saying it wasn't stolen. We still have the Republicans who have completely eviscerated, thanks to, you know, John Roberts, the Voting Rights Act. And my friend Chara knows a lot more about election law than I do. But it's it's this lack of faith in the, you know, in the the, the system, but also the inability and the inaccessibility of the ballot for people and the fear that our votes won't be counted fairly because of the these crazy uh, election deniers getting in charge of the secretary of state's offices and the local officials who are counting the ballots. So now, like, you know, I don't know if our institutions held. There could be nothing more important than the right to vote. And John Roberts began unraveling that, you know, overturning the Shelby County decision. Yeah. So, like, I feel uncomfortable about that. And I hope that that last dam doesn't break, but I'm not sure. Right. And and I think uh, you could argue the Supreme Court stopped holding in uh, 2000 with Bush v. Gore. Uh, you could argue that, yes, 2020 was the most uh free and fair election in our country's history if you're not a person of color who was kicked off the voter rolls for absolutely no reason or if you're a person of color who had to wait in line for 12 hours. Um, and we know that's only going to get worse uh, because of what the Republican Party is doing. But we're also talking about the fact that what has not been uh, investigated, the kidnapping, torture, and incarceration of children at the border, um, the mass murder of a million people from COVID because Donald couldn't deal with, uh, you know, any kind of negativity and had to lie about it um, and on and on. And I'm wondering uh, if, is this, uh, you know, is this because the Democrats um, knew they had to focus on one thing, just as, you know, there's been some speculation that, the DOJ knew that it was dealing with these extraordinarily serious issues. So they had to focus on that and let some statute of limitations pass because it would have been, it would have diluted. I, I mean, I don't know that I've heard that and maybe that's true. Um, maybe it is important to focus on one or two things instead of giving them I, I don't know. I, I just find it so incredibly frustrating that they're getting away with so much. But at the same time, if New York does its job and Georgia, Fulton County does its job and the DOJ does its job and the January 6th committee does its job, then it can't possibly begin and end with Donald Trump. Uh, at least, you know, that's that's my hope. Uh, any last thoughts about that, um, Brian? Well, I, I guess I, I think we'll have to wait and see. The DOJ, I'm not going to make the mistake I made before and guess that they're not. I do know that there are investigations of the kids in cages 
events. I do know that there are other things that the DOJ is is involved in. But I think for the American people right now, the function is that the focus has to be if you believe that uh, the law applies equally to everyone, that is, whether you're a homeless person in New York City or the former president of the United States, that the same rules apply. No one is above the law. Therefore, Donald Trump must be not only investigated, but he must be indicted. Whether it how it falls out in court is up to the court system, and we'll all have to accept whatever happens. But we need to see. I'd like to. <laughs> all right, Jen. <laughs> Why not both? Would love to see Donald homeless. He may well. <laughs> well, he sh- again, he should not be allowed to live in Mar-a-Lago or Trump. Well, and, and I think at the end of the day, you know, Mary, I've talked with other members of the DOJ who said it's not beyond the pale that that the uh, federal government to uh, pay debts incurred by Donald Trump would seize properties uh, from Donald Trump company. So that's that's definitely uh, something that's at least under consideration and it mm-hmm. could be done. So he may well not end up in Mar-a-Lago. I don't think he ends up in Otisville. No, uh, New no York, that's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. A walk up tenement owned by Jared in uh, Baltimore would be fine, <laughs> too. That would be OK. As long as Jared also has to live there. But yeah, yeah, there you go. But the final word is I don't think we're going to see the final word on all this for a long time. Right. But I do have faith that the DOJ is uh, investigating everything that needs to be investigated, although I'm still I, I hope that at the end of the day, and I've been told by those who work inside the DOJ that Merrick Garland does not cater to politics. He will follow the rule of the law because I do not want to see something um, – waiting. I don't want to see them waiting till after the midterm to file if they can file before the midterm. And the only consideration for not filing until after the midterm elections is because of political considerations. That would be taking politics into consideration. And I would prefer that they didn't. There's a 60 day window that I mean, we can talk about another time. He didn't have to file. He didn't follow that. Well, because that's just I'm trying to keep my blood pressure low. So let's not (laughs) Go there. Uh, George, hang on one second, because Brian said something, Chara, that that said two things that that I just want you to speak to briefly. One is lay people like me uh, are very frustrated that political time is much, much faster than legal slash judicial time. And two, um, I'm not so sure. I mean, hopefully he's right that that. Nobody uh, in Donald's orbit is above the law, but I kind of feel like uh, six people on the Supreme Court are. Yeah, the uh, 6-3 Supreme Court is a real danger. Uh, There does not seem to be an adult among them. Perhaps the chief justice counts as the adult, but he cannot control five justices to his right. right. So I think they will do more damage before they become self-aware and stop. Though I want, did want to add one Florida case to uh, your radar, which is uh, the Florida ghost candidate scandal out of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that may come to a head very soon because uh, a man named Frank Artillis, who has been charged in that scandal, his case, his criminal case, is scheduled for August 30th, and who knows what will come out of that prosecution. Uh, it is possible that the press is right and that the ultimate funding for the ghost candidates in the 2020 election 
was a company called Florida Power and Light. And that, I think, is explosive, but not quite proven yet. And so I am keeping my eyes on that prosecution to see whether the prosecutors follow the money in that case. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Uh, definitely. Uh, George? Um, so going into the midterms in terms of, you know, uh, avenging, etc., going into the midterms, what should, like, what are some top things? I'm literally asking, like throwing it around the room. Like what top things should we be touting, bragging about, reinforcing, boasting about going in? Like, is it the economy sort of turnaround? Is it the, what, what uh, Brian? Infrastructure. That is, I've traveled from Great. all across the country in the last two weeks. I see, like, I see the love of Trump on the wane specifically because when you ask people specifics, it's like, well, we love roads and bridges. Okay. Yeah, like but knowing, I, I yeah, think, like, I think knowing, um, reproductive Knowing what justice. we know about people, knowing what we know about people and what they like, what's going to turn them on? All right. I, I mean, I think reproductive justice, but let's let's uh, bookmark that for um, I agree next with time. You. Okay. Uh, I mean, and it doesn't have to be one thing. I, I think both of those. And, and again, this is a frustrating thing. There are so many things that Democrats are doing right, that Joe Biden is doing right. And here we are, you know, white knuckling this because the system is so stacked uh, against us. Uh, Cliff, last, last thoughts about what we've been talking about? Um, lock them all up. Excellent. I I heartily love concur. it. Uh, so Jen? Yeah, I started I started getting really nervous um, with Brian's fantasy of Donald being locked up in one of Jared's walk up <laughs> buildings in Baltimore. And the reason I got nervous is I was already envisioning how we could all, you know, watch this, you know, reality television show. And that's how Donald's going to make lemon. Oh, it's going to be like the Truman show. Anything that happens to him. So anyway, on that note, um, <laughs> Look, day, that's why Mark Burnett needs to be like also to the day to the he sun. dies and beyond because there will be holograms of him. This man will continue occupying way too much space and taking up way too much air. So I am going to focus on the nightmare governor in Florida. And I yep. am now bookmarking in my brain this case Tara mentions yep. um, and everything about that state, including Matt Gates banning books and having veterans teach in schools. It is a bellwether. Yep. Um, and that's where our attention really needs to be. I agree. Um, Just so remember that Ron DeSantis had to have his election recount. It was it was that close. He governs as if he had won in a landslide. Right. It was a statistical tie. That's right. So, and he's up for re-election yeah. uh, this, this fall. Can I just yep. point out in two seconds also, for Republicans, you want to win over moderate Republicans, suburbanites, point out all the attacks on the Tampa Bay Rays and the and Disney and mm -hmm. all these companies he's gone after because they don't agree with him politically. Yeah, uh, the you know, that that is also something to keep in mind because uh, – depending on how things go, I think uh, he he's likely or it's it's a very good possibility he'll be uh, the nominee for 20, the presidential nominee for 2024, um, which, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out in the next few months. And we haven't got had to do gotten to do this in a while because we've been pretty uh, full. But uh, I, I love hearing from you guys, like, what are you up to that's keeping you sane or that's keeping you entertained or that's helping you unplug uh because once again 
we've had a week of news that, you know, just it it's almost impossible to process and it's almost impossible to detach from. Uh, so, Brian, tell me something uh, good that, that you've been doing or something that, you know, could maybe help the rest legal, of us Brian. better. You know, oh, yeah, the legal it stuff. doesn't have to be legal. Come on. Uh, well, it's legal out here in L.A. So, <laughs> and, right. no, I came out to visit. the. I, what's kept me sane the last few weeks is visiting my only grandson and playing in a pool with him. The perpetually because, happy oh, nice. grandson. Perpetually, the eternally happy grandson eternally, is celebrating his third birthday. So we're out here Aww. in L.A. with them doing that. Uh, and it's the travel across country that drove me insane because of all it's it still is an inflection point for everyone across Focus the on the good stuff that's happening. So that's why I, it's rock and roll <laughs> music, edibles, and my grandson. Fabulous. <laughs> Except for the second one. That doesn't yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> knock yourself out. Uh, <clears throat> Cliff, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Cliff. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the basics are always the same working out good music, anything that can get, get the heart going and get you forgetting about things. But by far the best is always my two boys. Mm -hmm. You know, I got a 15 year old and a 12 year old and they're awesome. And over the weekend we went out and just kicked the soccer ball around because my 12 year old's trying out for a team, you know, that's going to be you know a tough team that hopefully you'll make and like joy, laughter, being around them. I love them. I adore them. And they can make me forget any of this shit, which <laughs> is really helpful for those few moments. Cool. Uh, Jen. Yeah, I'm doing something new instead of starting to panic that, you know, if summer is ending, even though I love fall, pretty soon it's going to be like March through April of hell. I've decided this year I'm going to focus on like planning for cross-country skiing and I'm getting some new boots. Nice. And, and then my husband, of course, said, what makes you think it's going to snow this year? Yeah. But <laughs> I will drive up to Vermont if necessary to find trails. So I am like this week getting all my cross country ski gear ready. It's going to be put in one corner of my office here at home. So whenever I start to freak out about a cold, the cold weather moving in, I'm just going to think about like the good side of winter. Nice. I've never been, I've always wanted a cross country ski. I never have. I need to rectify that situation, but I might, we might have to go to Switzerland to do that. Unfortunately. Okay. Uh, okay. We're there. Uh, <laughs> Chara. Chara. Uh, I do two hopeful things. I garden and I teach with both of them. You start with nearly nothing and you hope a right. year from now that uh, you have something to show for it. Oh, I love that. Amen. That's awesome. George. Mind blown. That's awesome. Um, I it love awesome. riding. I have this like wonderful folding Brompton bicycle. I love riding around central park. It brings me a lot of joy and a lot of like release and we've had some good movies out this summer, and I have really rekindled my love of not a too crowded movie theater, but I love being in, the, in a movie theater with a bucket of popcorn, mm -hmm. a Diet Coke, and a bag of Twizzlers. Like, that is such a happy place for me. I love it. Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that. I you, When I lived in Manhattan years and years and years ago, I used to go to like three movies a week, uh, and I haven't been to one since pre-COVID, so... That's when I get back. That's definitely uh, what I'm doing because I'm on the Cape right now, which is, uh, you know, one of my favorite places to be, you know, Beautiful. Just breathing in that uh, salt air. And I'm on 
day 30 of my detox. Uh, so I'm sort of starting to feel kind of sort of human again. Um, because listen, uh, the, the relay race is over. We're heading into sprint territory with 84 days left. So, you know, I'm glad everybody is doing something that is um, restorative and helping, uh, you know, we all need, we all need something to um, that's good that, you know, to, as simple as that sounds, we need things that, that feed us in ways that, you know, make us better people, make us better able to handle all of the horrors without turning into the people we're fighting against, you know? Uh, so all of you are amazing and I appreciate you so much. And I'm so grateful that you were here today. Chara, thank you so much for joining us. It was incredibly wonderful to have you. I hope you'll come back and uh, everybody else. I'll see you next week and uh, have a great week. <laughs> have a good one. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Bye guys. guys. It was a pleasure. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so, so much to Chara Torres-Spellacy, professor of law at Stetson University, again, and author of Corporate Citizen and Political Brands for joining us today. It was really, really wonderful to get her perspective. And of course, thank you so much to the Nerd Adventures. And thank you to all of you for hanging with us and uh, watching, listening, spreading the word. Uh, yeah, we are we are getting close, guys. Uh, so let's let's keep the ball rolling. Let's keep the momentum going, um, and you know, be sure to to share the link with people. And as you know, our Thursday show uh, coming up at seven p.m., four p.m. Eastern. You can see, I'm sorry, seven p.m. Eastern, four p.m. Pacific. You can go to YouTube.com/slash/Politicon. And uh, next Tuesday, uh, the Nerd Adventures will return. And that's also youtube.com slash Politicon at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And you, while you're on uh, the Politicon YouTube channel, please subscribe to Politicon. doesn't cost anything. And uh, like the episode, leave a comment there if you'd like. And click on that bell because that way you will be sure to be alerted every time a new video drops. And that's not just the episodes. That's some of the short videos I do a couple of times a week. And of course, you can always listen uh, on Apple uh, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do leave a five-star review because it helps other people find the show. And that is it for today. I will see all of you uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, please stay safe and be kind.